I was smashing the plates. It's If You're Listening, one person's mission to force your friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school. I'm Ramsey. Hey, it's Heather. Okay, you told me that you had your catchphrase ready, and that's what it was? Or not your catchphrase, your intro, and that's what it was? Oh, I meant our guest's intro, actually. I just pulled that one from a familiar source that we'll talk about in a moment. Okay. Hello. How are you, Ramsey? (laughs) Good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going on vacation on Saturday, so I'm pretty checked out right now. (laughs) Do you want to tell us where this catchphrase came from? I'm confused. Oh, yes. It's from a song from a band known as the Sloppy Boys. Oh, okay. A segue. I understand now. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, And with us today is one of those Sloppy Boys, Tim Kopakis. Hey, I'm smashing the plates, too. Okay. (laughs) I feel like now it's embarrassing that I didn't understand the intro, but... Apologies. <laughs> I, I am so so offended that you did not pour over all of my lyrics before I came here. <laughs> oh okay. no! Sorry. I blew it. It's fine. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm used to this. Honestly, half the people I produce videos with in my job, I'm like, I don't know who this is. Um, so that's part of my life. But I do know who you are. Actually, Ramsey and I uh, saw Sloppy Boys. Where was that, Ramsey? The Bell House. The Bell House. We saw oh, you cool. at the Bell House. Yeah. Oh man, Very I love fun. the Bell House. Same. What a, that's like the perfect, perfect venue. Perfect size. Cool people go there. It's the best. I love it there. Yeah. Same. I miss it. <laughs> I mean, I miss everything, but I definitely miss <laughs> the Bell House. <laughs> I only just miss the Bell House. That's been the only hard thing for me. Other than that, I'm totally cool with it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Um, Tim, I'm so excited to have you on and do this album specifically Ramsey texted me what album you wanted to do. And I, I I honestly, I'm shocked. I haven't done this album already and I'm very excited. Um, Do you want to tell everyone what album we're doing? Yes, we're doing sublime their self-titled album, which, which was the big one, the big posthumous release. Yeah. So from mid nineties, 96, let me click to that tab. Um, So I, loved this album so much when I was, I guess like middle school. Um, I have no idea how I came to this album. I guess it was just popular. Do you like actually remember how you came to this album? I do. And I, cause I'm <laughs> it, listening to it. I, I, I couldn't believe the flood of memories uh, that hit me when I, I listened to this album the other day to, you know, to do my research. And of course. Um, I, I had flashes of multiple things, which was hearing hearing the song What I Got at a, a pool party in Woodstock, New York. And okay. at that moment, so, uh, like I was in a pool and someone was like, you know, this guy's dead. So that means I didn't oh. know Bradley Noel before. I, it was. Uh, yes. And and then my other thing was the song Santa. Then I thought nothing of it for a year or two. Sure. Or, and then I remember my friend in high school. Sal DeFalco, uh, mm-hmm. we found like this funny hat that was like a fancy fedora and it was from the, the drama department and he put it on and was like, I had a million dollars and I, I spent it all. And I was like, 
he was making a joke because uh, he thought he looked <laughs> looked rich in the hat, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I had not heard Santeria, and I just hear, hearing my bozo friend sing it, I liked it. I was like, what song is that? Like, this is great. <laughs> I love this. That It's so funny that you said that, though, about like someone being like, this guy is dead. Because I was – so I haven't re-listened to the album. I started to the other day, and then I was like – I'm going to let this wash over me live because yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to know like every moment of this album for the amount of times I have listened to it. But earlier today I was like refreshing myself on like, you know, the, the gist of the band. And I was yeah. reading the Wikipedia and I was like, right. Bradley Noel died. And that was like a big thing. I feel like of being a fan of this band in the nineties was that like, I feel like, for the age I was when I was listening to this, it was definitely like the first band that I listened to that was a band I liked that like someone was dead from drugs. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I was like glorifying it, but there was definitely like a thing about that being a fact about this band. Oh yeah. The news of Mr. Knowles passing has just been broken to me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, quick question. <laughs> yeah. Please let me grieve in my own time. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this this is a self-titled album? Is this the first album? Last. Well, the last that Bradley Knoll is on, right? Okay. okay. Well, I just learned this fun fact while I was Googling this morning. It was going to be called Killing It. And oh, no. then, he, then he got he killed himself by accident, so they had to retitle it. Whoa. Yeah, that's okay. Well, uh, you know, that makes sense. I support that decision. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. Good, good, good change. Because <laughs> so like this album, like th- this band, like continued to exist after Bradley Knoll died. Right. Or did they rename themselves? And I'm just like misremembering this. It's a, it's a whole saga where they were first they were like, we'll never do any sublime stuff again. It died with Bradley man. And then then money, (laughs) but we do need money. Um, Yeah. So then they were the long beach dub all stars. What? Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That like, when you said that, like I could feel it in a weird part of my brain. It's like a latent memory somewhere. That's so far away from sublime. I was very surprised by that. It's a lot of words, uh, but they had, bragged about long beach a lot but you uh heather mentioning like something getting dusted off in your brain that is what sublime is to me like i get frustrated with my brain that i'm like these lyrics are in there at all times (laughs) and i wish i could clear out some sublime lyrics to make room for some other facts that would that would help me out you know like if I could learn how like the government worked or or more about (laughs) you know politics but instead it's also sublime lyrics Oh yeah. Like I, my, at work, we do like a a weekly like team trivia in Slack. And one question this week was like, what was Trump's first press secretary? And I'm like, I don't know, but do I know all the words to Santeria? Absolutely. Like what? what, I can't remember a thing that happened three years ago. Was it Sean Spicer or was it Scaramucci? I don't know. Cause I got it wrong. (laughs) No fucking idea. I don't know. Um, I yeah. wrote a, uh, for the birthday boys show on IFC. I wrote a sketch we didn't do that was specifically about people forgetting things that they should have remembered, like forgetting to pick your kid up from college or whatever, but then remembering the lyrics to a sublime song instead. <laughs> did, was this like, did you like other sublime albums or only this one? 
all of it. I, I didn't hear of them until after Bradley was dead. And then I, they were my favorite band as a, as a teenager and I bought everything and it was weird because it's pre-internet. So they would just release these compilations where all the songs are out of order and I didn't know where they were coming from, but I bought all of it. Hmm. Cause I feel like the only, so I also definitely listened to 40 ounces to freedom, which was, I think the album before this one, right? Because the specifically remembering lyrics one, like I definitely still know all the words to date rape, a song I probably have not heard in 15 years. Like how, how do I know all the words to that song? That's insane to me. And, and those words are terrible. That's horrifying. horrifying. <laughs> like, oh boy. Like I could definitely use that brain power for something else if I could get that back. But surprising no one who listens to the show, I am not familiar with Sublime. Yeah. So this, okay. Of all the bands we've done, you don't know any Sublime? <laughs> like, so, well, when I first got the te- uh the email from tim that we were doing this album uh i believe i told you i i only knew the song pretty fly for a white guy oh what <laughs> oh, and boy. then Wait, genuinely so, or sarcastically because i i've got a lot more work to do either way <laughs> i'm gonna say sarcastically All right, uh, but sure. yes genuinely um but take two um i think i remember in like third or fourth grade or so somebody telling me that sublime had a song that was just all the swear words in a row. Is that true? <laughs> no, I think I that, that think I think so. maybe blink One Eighty Two has a song like yeah. that. Hmm. hmm. Well, then but I think Timothy Wright have, is a liar. But also that <laughs> wouldn't have been in second or third grade for you. That blink song would have been way later. And I think I've probably definitely made you listen to that at some point already. Yeah. I think I know that one. Um, Okay, so I am not familiar with Sublime. <laughs> Amazing. And do you have any um, perceptions about like Sublime's mm. fan base, or, or you know, do you, does an image come into your head when you think of who would listen to Sublime? So the first image that comes to mind, I'm sure somebody had a logo T-shirt in high school. I, I just kind of picture the sort of stoner kids from yeah. growing up. Um, the ones who are not as intense as the corn kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, but I can't get more specific than that, unfortunately. I want to know, what is the your picture of these fans in your head, Tim? For me, it's, I mean, on one hand, I'm a fan, so I picture, I would picture me originally. But sure. <laughs> I, I think the band, and, and I get this is uh, they became associated with sort of like a flip-flop bro, like a drunk, stoned bro, and let's call them like a a not a good, uh, not in a fun party way, but in a bad Mm. frat boy way. And I would say, just as an adult revisiting any old music, you realize like how much the context of their fan base, if, if, if you turn on a band or whatever, a lot of the time, or if you just always hated them in, factoring in their fan base is part of it but i would say like yeah. sublime more than any other of the bands that i love it's it's a band that like i fully get the critique and i understand all sides of it and there was a time where i was like embarrassed for liking them and then maybe flirted with not liking them and it's just like because i'm picturing like oakley's and flip-flops yeah. and in cargo shorts and it's easy to hate that guy yeah, that's fair. It's it's so funny too though cuz like I f- 
feel like I'm just picturing the people I also knew that listened to it in high school, obviously. And it's definitely for me, like Jenko skater bros. Yes. yes. Like not mm. so much flip flops, but a little more like skater kid than like hippie bro kid for whatever well, reason. You're, you're from Ithaca. I'm from yeah. the also upstate New York, like in the Catskills. Yep. And I feel like we had, there was like a fetishization of California at oh, that time. Absolutely. And, and don't you feel like a lot of those skateboard bros are like, and Genco bros are like doing their version of it. But it's like, I, I didn't go to California until I was 20, but I was sort of obsessed with the idea of it. And yeah. like this music was a big part of me, like misconstruing it kind of. Oh, I think so. And I mean, Ramsey's also just from slightly even further upstate. So we've just actually run the gamut of going, yeah. going to Buffalo. Oh, I'm over in Western New York when, where yeah. I grew up. And like, if I were to put on a rich guy hat during that time, I would have sang, if I had a million dollars. <laughs> Canadian? Yeah. yeah. You're from Toronto, right? So you just yeah. get across the lake. Yeah, that's, like, that's our rich guy. But at this time, though, like, so what I say is 96. I feel like also like Red Hot Chili Peppers were so popular, which was also just like a personification of like that Southern California, like lazy yes. surfer dude, hi- like hippie vibe. Heather, when you want to say a personification of California, you can just shorten it to Californication. Oh, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I said a lot of words to say <laughs> one song. Um, I'm honestly genuinely so excited to listen to this for the first time in also probably 15 years <laughs> like i'm sure i've heard songs since high school but i have definitely not sat down and listened to this album though i'm curious because you said they were one of your favorite bands how often do you come back to this album this is like it's like a mile marker in my life where i'm not normally listening to it because yeah. It's, it'd be weird if I was always listening to Sublime. Sure, 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 <laughs> but, because you're an adult. <laughs> yes, but let's say maybe I, I revisit every five years, and and this is an album that I have felt differently because it's like, like I said, I started with pure, unironic love, thinking Bradley yeah. Noel is a prophet, like a Kurt Cobain oh, type. Absolutely. Saint. Then um, when I was in college, my, my college career uh lined up mm-hmm. perfectly with like the strokes white stripes uh indie thing until i i probably graduated in like the uh arcade fire days so mm. i then went on that whole trip where i was listening to indie rock but then going back and listening to who influenced them so, so like if i listened to strokes then i'd buy like a television or a tom verlaine album and 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 like got into uh, post-punk and alternative yep. music. And in that moment, I was too cool for Sublime. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Also, what I'm learning is I think we're probably the same age because that's <laughs> okay. like, all three of us, I think, are just the same age based on that story. Well, and then have you have you then come around? Because I found then revisiting it in like my 20s, I was like, you know what? I think that Bradley Noel is a, a bozo bro but he's pouring his little heart out and that's still art. Even if he's saying some very problematic things, it still is art. But then I don't know. I listened to it uh, a little bit uh, and I clicked around on genius.com and looked at some lyrics this morning. And then I was fully like, maybe it's just good music and maybe I don't have to have all these layers of irony or analysis. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely did that. I made an entire podcast about it because, like, right. most of what we listen to is like the shit I loved in high school and college. And I mean, we'll they're especially like pop punk shit I love. Like, mm-hmm. we've definitely gone over of like, yeah, these lyrics are yeah. not great. Like, yeah. it's literally talking about how much girls suck. Like, yeah, you know, stuff like that. So. And- and you can try yeah. so hard with stuff like that, you know, in comedy or whatever. You're like, well, yeah. it was a different time, I guess. <laughs> uh, but with this, I was like, some of this stuff is pretty brutal. It, it almost helps it in a way on some lines where it's like, it's not even like tastes change and he wouldn't say that now. It's more just like, I think this might have been a bad man and a bad person. And maybe that, maybe sure. that's okay too, you know? Fair enough. And uh, I'm very curious because I haven't revisited it to to just see what the problematic parts are. I don't know (laughs) that that's a good thing to say. I'm excited to see, but I'm interested to see what that looks like. Um, It will be, I'm calling it now. I think, I mean, caress me down and and some stuff is is very funny, but but Santeria will make your hair blow back when you really listen to what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm interested. Um, Ramsey. Yes, Heather, show me that album art, please. I, I texted it to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, I have definitely seen this somewhere. Uh, <laughs> somewhere, perhaps on a record cover or a CD hey. cover. Um, yeah, th- when I think Sublime, this is what I picture: is that font, that stupid tattoo font. Yep. Uh, I had forgotten about the flowers around the border here. Pretty judgy, but- <laughs> I mean, stupid. I- <laughs> I mean, com- coming in real hot immediately <laughs> the, the traditional uh boring tattoo font there we go that's better <laughs> um this guy's hairline in the back is very straight and very <laughs> dyed red yep so good for him <laughs> okay uh yeah, I, this is fine as an album cover. If I don't know anything about Sublime and I see this, I will think, wow, their fan base is dedicated. And I will learn nothing about their music from this. All right. Fair. Okay. So, you know, if if you didn't know anything, that's what you would think. If, you if I were putting myself in the shoes of somebody who was a total nerd and didn't know anything about Sublime, that's what I would think. Yes. Okay. Got it. Um, all right. Let's get into this. I don't know if I'm... <laughs> emotionally prepared but let me just start this album (laughs) all right right. like it's already shocking to me that ramsey doesn't know this from this one note (laughs) it sounds like the this is the unsolved mysteries theme right (laughs) this is funny because this uh song is garden grove but they they're a band that like k-rock is the big radio station out here in la and they there, this whole album is so big that K Rock just plays any of the album tracks, not just the singles. So you would hear this in your car now. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I recently bought a car. I live in Brooklyn. And I don't know what any New York City radio stations are, is what I learned the other day. I was like scrolling through and I was like, I have. What are what are any stations in New York? <laughs> but I feel like I even know that K Rock is famous in LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is this? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, just it is. I feel like K Rock is like was maybe respected and now is a thing that you make fun of. But it's like it's all Chili Peppers, no doubt, and Sublime even now. Hmm. I mean, if you do a thing well, just keep doing it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Ramsey, something that we should know, um, or that you should know, uh, the dog is like the mascot of this band. I uh, guess. What dog? No dog. Uh, he was just referenced, and oh. I don't think that was actually him barking. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, he's referenced a lot in like this band's, I don't know, lore, I guess. It's a Dalmatian. Hmm. This is way funkier you, than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> all right. You, did you think it was going to be like straightforward punk rock? Yeah. Uh, especially that dumb tattoo font. I thought it was going to be a lot more aggressive. <laughs> um, well, wait, hold on. So you said that that tattoo font made you think that the fans are uh, very devoted. But let me blow your mind and say that's Bradley Noel on the yeah. cover. That's his oh. tattoo. Well, so I'm sorry for he, speaking ill of his hairline. <laughs> yes, his back, the back of his hairline. So he was um, just really dedicated to his own band. He was proud of his band. <laughs> I respect that. And um, maybe that's the thing with them. I feel like there is like a lot of iconography, and maybe that's the thing that worked on me as a teenager was uh, there's a dog that's the mascot. There's yep. the the dead guy with the tattoo. There's like the the forty ounces to freedom sun. There is a lot oh, yes. for fans to latch onto. Yeah, I do think that's true, and especially like in the '90s, like very early internet. I feel like it, having like a visual representation of your band was still like I don't know that that's a thing as much as it is now. But like, yeah, I feel like I knew multiple people who had that dumbass sun tattoo. Oh yeah, for sure. I have no Sublime tattoos for the record, Ramsey. I know I was that it's sometimes ask. in the show, but I have never gotten a Sublime tattoo. Uh, I can't remember the other band that had a dedicated turntable guy. Is scratching a big part of Sublime? Uh, what you're, the band you're thinking of is Incubus. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. Is there more scratching on this album? I don't remember. Yes, but it's like, it's not just that they have a band member who's the scratcher, um, <laughs> like Incubus. And yeah. I think probably um, uh, Linkin Park maybe had a scratcher at one um, point. Yeah. But um, this was more like there had been a guy, a DJ in the band, like early versions of the band. But then by the time they're here making this album, they're just they're just like a rock band, but they approach music like they're a reggae band or a, a hip hop yeah. band. So there's a lot of samples and stuff. It's not just like one guy scratching, but it's all very patchworky. Yeah. Hmm. Ramsey, if you don't know this song, I I I don't know what <laughs> to do. You got it. Is this let it like, be? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's called What I Got. It's, I mean, this is definitely the most famous Sublime song, right? I definitely know this song. Okay, I had no idea this was Sublime. Okay. Thank God. It's about good loving. That's my proof that I've heard it. Oh, <laughs> good job. <laughs> I So my best friend really loved this album, and I think that's how I got into it. I feel like she had the CD, and we would like... Her, she had like a cool dad who would drive us around and would like let us listen to our music. So I feel like that is actually how I got into this band for whatever reason. 
I Shot. feel like maybe Good job. This, <laughs> oh you got it. Maybe this song is like um this was like never my favorite song, but it was the monster hit and it is their yeah. biggest song. But I think that probably what made it bigger is the novelty of this program's drum beat with hmm. an acoustic guitar. So whether or not the song is good, music journalists could say it's hip hop meets rock, you know, and that was <laughs> yeah. a, a thing to say. No, I th- I agree. This is also not my favorite Sublime song. I don't know what is. That's maybe maybe I'll know by the end of this album. But um, it's. I feel like it is very of an era. Like this sounds like the mid '90s to me, not in a negative way, but. Like I feel like yeah. I feel like this was the first of it though, but I do feel like a million people after that like cop this like sound basically. I'm sure that um, Sugar Ray, Mark McGrath, oh, was like yeah. a huge fan of this. Must have been for the my one- birth- for my okay. birthday. Uh, one of the producers <laughs> on my team got me a cameo from Mark McGrath. It was honestly incredible. oh hell yeah. <laughs> it was really long, and he played a song. Oh, I don't think I, I remember that he played a song. It was crazy. It was really crazy, honestly. It was verging on unhinged, but it's, <laughs> yeah. Somebody should tell him that he can just say hi and that's it. Yep. Hi, happy birthday. <laughs> I'll take your $50. But, well, I think I'm, yes, Sugar Ray, but I feel like I don't know where this came into my brain, but I'm specifically thinking of, do you guys remember Uncle Cracker? Do yeah. I? Yeah, I feel like that is just this. This song is just every Uncle Cracker song to me. The one that it brought to my mind was "Steal My Sunshine" by Lem. How dare you? That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I like that song. Wow, this song is okay. This song's something too. What is this? Yeah. Is this the same album? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Okay, um, this song is yeah, this about. A girl who's a prostitute to support her family? It seems so. Okay. <laughs> that was from recollection, so <laughs> Well What's this, this is where this is called wrong way. Okay. And um Yeah, like this is where what I was talking about when I said like I first as as a as a kid this just sort of like shocked me so I liked it because yeah. it was taboo. And yes, then it had, it had the word horny in it. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like right off the bat. And then, yeah. as as like a twenty something, I was like, "This song is uh, uh, gross and fuck this guy." And then now I'm like, "Do I want to cut Bradley the slack of like that, that he's not the character in the song? You know, maybe it's not first person, and maybe it's sure. written from the point of view of someone else, but." I think my interpolation of what has happening in this song is like there's it's a 14 year old prostitute who he yep. tries to save from her family because her dad is the one who's like pimping her out. Yes. But in the song, he does have sex with her. He takes and, her to the can because he's a man. Right. It's sort of a Privately. boys will be boys type of yes. uh, uh, explanation. And then I feel like by the end of the song, it's almost saying like, hey, look, I tried, but she only want the wrong way. Like she likes being a 14 year old prostitute. I 
currently being on Genius, I think that's the right interpretation. So it's like you're like, oh, he's doing a, uh, oh, just kidding. That didn't go where I thought it was going to go. You're like, oh, he's crying. Right. You want him to be saving her. And then he's just like, hey, that's life. (laughs) Well, this, okay, for the record, I didn't even remember the name of this song, but I still somehow know every lyric. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, this one is same in the end, Ramsey. And if you'd believe it, we're already on the fourth song. Well, this moves fast. For a, for a stacked, long album, these, these songs are moving. Yeah. How many songs is it? Too 17? Many. Oh, my God. It is funny, though, because I... I mean, I haven't listened to this, obviously, in forever, like I said, but I love this song. And it is funny now... Of the songs of this album, this probably does sound the most like the music I actually listened to now as an adult. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it like is more has like punk a punk than, chorus. Yeah. Is this ska? It's kind of ska. Yeah. I think, uh, according to Wikipedia, they're a ska punk band. We've also. <laughs> so, I love. This is for Tim, our listeners know. I love the timeline thing of bands on Wikipedia. It's my favorite. Uh, My favorite one on Sublime is there was a guy whose line is guitar and also yellow for management, which I had never seen before. (laughs) (laughs) Just that's incredible to me that there's a line for a manager who also was in the band. (laughs) I love it so much. That's how things go in Long Beach. It is okay. So Long Beach, honestly, like uh, as a character in music, I can't think of a better way to say that. Um, <laughs> is very much a thing, like with Sublime and like with Snoop Dogg. Right. I went to Long Beach last year for the first time. I am confused. Um, it was kind of a very a much smaller town than I thought <laughs> from music. I don't know if either of you yeah. have been there, but it was confusing to me. It's, it's, I've been there um, a bunch, but I still feel like it's strange to me that it even in music had its own personality. Cause I think of it, it's like our, our port, like yeah. Los Angeles is a big sprawling city. And then you go down to San Pedro, which is just like cranes and shipyards. Huh. And Long Beach is sort of this other city that's part of that. But like, in my feeling is like if you're in Long Beach, you're just sort of like in the shadow of Los Angeles. So maybe that's where this right. kind of pride came from. Maybe. Like, no, we're not LA. We're our own thing. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've stayed in Long Beach. I've had, I've worked in an event at the convention center there, which is probably not the best way to view any city is from the, their convention center, obviously. But I was just like, <laughs> it was much smaller than I thought it was going to be based on like its presence in popular music. Yeah, it's like going to New York and saying, "I want to hear that South Street sound." <laughs> yes. But, oh, the seaport. Yeah. <laughs> I live here and I got confused. <laughs> um. Okay, this song, Ramsey. This song is a thing. Um. <laughs> this song is called April 29th, nineteen ninety-two, as the date of the song. Okay. Uh, is this, I don't remember, and I did no research before this, is this the Rodney King riots? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Boy. Sublime does not seem like where I want to go to memorialize that. 
No, this was sort of zeitgeisty. Um, you know, this summer it became a thing on Twitter, and a lot of people were making jokes about it. But yeah, oh my we're God, to I missed that on Oh, it was well. It was funny because there was like a, a big tweet where someone um, who like right at the beginning of the George Floyd protest, somebody yeah. was wearing a George Floyd T-shirt, and then they, they tweeted that some some guy like waved them over to his car and handed mm-hmm. them the Sublime album and said, "Hey, you know uh, the thing you're talking about on the streets today? It's there's a lot about that in here." But this song is basically, uh, is, this is a song about looting during yeah. the LA riot of 92, but specifically Bradley is pointing out that he wasn't looting as a protester, He and it wasn't about Rodney King, he's just he talking about, <laughs> he just wanted to get the fun stuff. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's... it's kind of everyone's worst nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is only tangentially related, but I was at a protest in Brooklyn this summer and <laughs> marching down, for people familiar, at 4th Ave in Brooklyn, and a car just pulls up alongside of us and just starts slowly, like, turning the volume up while they're playing NWA Fuck the Police as we walk past the police station, and it was <laughs> the funniest shit to me. <laughs> Oh, just, but I think it was just a random car going down the street that just decided to do this because then they just drove away. It was really funny. Was I, I just keep thinking about the person in that tweet, like taking this CD and having to get through five tracks that are unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> having yeah. to listen to the wrong way about teenage <laughs> prostitution. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. It's also, okay, well, I, we're, we're deep enough in now that I love, Ramsey, that you didn't know that this is like essentially a reggae band that we're listening to so you just were a few were enough tracks in now that those kind of like upstroke guitars and stuff that that's this band they're like this guy i think he went to jamaica when he was a preteen and heard bob marley and came back and was like we're gonna be a reggae band and we're, then we're, gonna mix it. we're gonna mix it with stuff so you hearing it with fresh ears now how, how's the um how does the appropriation uh, hit your ears? Do you feel like yeah. Do you feel like they're pulling it off? Does it feel authentic, or, or are you grossed out by it? So here is wh- why I'm a bad person to ask this question. Um, I kind of earnestly love the band Wings, and mm-hmm. okay, they, take they, out they kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to seem cool. Uh, Very yeah, cool. they basically did the exact same thing. Uh, it. Oh, I, I know this song now. I, agree. I was gonna. That was my next question. This is the song that rich people sing, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> if you wear a um, fancy hat, you gotta sing this. Song. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It it feels like by this point, um, there were so many bands that were kind of taking the sound and like. Uh, the Buffalo Soldier had been released posthumously at this point. It it feels like right. it was kind of just part of the world. That it, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel as gross to me, although it is still a little gross. Yeah, uh, I feel like. Also, is this song also super problematic now? Yes. Like this, this is, all, is like what? <laughs> this 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 song is my favorite song of theirs, and and always was, and is probably the one that is like most covered uh yeah, by like, I would agree with 
dudes at parties and stuff. Um, <laughs> but it's like this. This is the one where I feel like I went on the journey where like I didn't listen to the lyrics and I just thought it was a beautiful song and I think his bo- vocal performance is very moving and I just liked it. And then when I listen to the song now, it's about he's his girlfriend cheated on him with huh? another guy and it's a song about getting a gun to shoot that guy. Oh my god. <laughs> but then also beating her up as well. Uh, so like those li- those lyrics, I'm like, um, I feel I feel like he was very much in the hip hop world and was hearing a lot of uh, uh, violence in music he was listening to. So he thought it would be like okay to express this uh, thought, mm-hmm. but it's gross. But when I when I listen to it now, kind of in the same way where I'm like, should I give him the uh, poetic license of writing in a third person character? <laughs> I feel like in this song, I'm like, maybe this is just a breakup fantasy and maybe we're not supposed to take it as violence and and violence towards women. But like, maybe this is just a really sad little heartbroken bro who is admittedly really stupid and and a dumb guy. But like a flash of thoughts of wanting to kill somebody Mm. and wanting to beat somebody up. I'm hoping now that by having this pretty melody and singing so passionately, I'm hoping that it's just like a, it's a, it's a vision of his, his, his that he's not going to act on. Right. Like getting it out of his system kind of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think that cause I like the song. <laughs> Fair enough. I in a million years would never have guessed that that is what that song is about. Crazy. I always really like this one and I'm super worried about how bad this one is now. <laughs> I know this I still don't really know what this is about because the lyrics are all over the place, but I think this is about having sex with a girl, then she uh-huh. bleeds, and he feels guilty, and this is about yep. coping with that guilt because he says, I hope her parents love her. <laughs> so I yes. Oh my God. Uh, I am now programmed with this album when Tim describes the premise of a song with the word girl, that it's going to be awful. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's bad. Yeah. And in and, and a lot of the cases, I would use the word, <laughs> I would use the word woman, but he's typically talking about a 14 year old. So. <laughs> um, I think I was hearing, hearing these lyrics and trying to figure out what the songs are about. I am definitely realizing like he writes like a rapper in that, like not all the, the verses don't always go together. So it's like, there's a chorus, like the way the hip hop song will have a hook. And then you have yeah. someone featured, and then they do they do a verse, and it'll touch on what the hook's about, but it doesn't really have to like build off the other verses. I feel like a lot of these songs are like he's just approaching every song with everything he has, and he's just all. Sometimes he's talking about you know about his, you know his drug problem, and then other times he's talking about all the love in Jamaica. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I'm getting right now is like. It's like this album is so much more all over the place than I remember. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so many things at once, to your point. And it keeps going. It's 17 tracks. Almost all of the good songs are in the first eight or 10 tracks, and then it just goes on forever. Oh, that's bad news for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're screwed, man. Yep. <laughs> yeah, at least Tim and I know these songs. <laughs> <laughs> 
This was though, for me, like a staple of like every high school house party I went to. I feel like this is the, the album that we were playing. Yeah, it's, I, it's it's party music and it's upbeat yeah. and uh, and it's got that going for it where it's like if you don't listen to lyrics, it does just sound like background fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this just sounds like the soundtrack to uh, some '90s TV par- uh, party movie. I, I, yep. I'm also always surprised when I hear that vibra slap sound effect in a song. Yeah. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever noticed that before until you just called that out. I, I don't think it made it out of the 90s. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we got a, there's one virus lap on a recent uh, Sloppy Boys song, and we were very, it was a fake one that was like from, um, uh, just programmed from a computer, but we, I would love to do a song that like is very, very heavy with virus lap. <laughs> <laughs> it also just seems like, a lot of fun to play yeah yeah like i can't play any instrument that anyone wants to hear that's like it would be terrible and also like it doesn't seem fun to me to learn it but that seems like i'd have fun just like hitting that thing mm-hmm. <laughs> i think yeah, this I can- um is is a i've actually got genius.com open as we speak so, oh so do i and, and I got really, I'm really concerned about the lyrics right now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, this is a perplexing one. Well, first off, it's a cover, uh, and a lot of these songs are, that. a lot of these songs are either covers or like melodically they're just channeling a song, and they did have to credit another songwriter, oh. but then they put their own lyrics to it, and and that's another like hip hop thing of just being yeah. like, all the music in the world is at our disposal. Um. But I was looking it up because it's the the the, the first line of the song is like Jailhouse gets empty, Rudy gets plenty, but the button stick gets shorter, Rudy gets harder. So knowing that Bradley has a fa- fascination with anal rape and sang the song the date rape all about it, I thought that that's I thought that the, uh, Rudy gets plenty, the baton gets shorter or something. So, but I'm looking it up, and now I'm like, this other song that he's covering, Jailhouse, is a, a Bob Marley and the Whalers song. That's like, it's a, a political song about the jailhouse being empty, and the the oh. young people are out in the streets, and the the policeman can't do anything about the young people because they're gonna change the future. So now I don't know what to believe. Maybe this is the track off that album that the guy from that tweet was indicating. Yes. It's gotta be. I did not I this is the first time I've ever known that this was a cover. I, I guess mean, I'm looking not back through familiar. almost all Go ahead. I think that you would have to be pretty savvy. I didn't know this and, and I'm not you know, my, my knowledge of reggae is that I had a uh, Bob Marley legend uh, compilation. Sure, same <laughs> and, but looking through on on this website, it's like even Garden Grove, the first song in the album, was borrowing a bass line from a different song. And wow. then what I got, the big hit, the chorus is entirely also taken from a from a reggae song. So these are almost all samples 
or cover versions of things with new lyrics. Huh. I mean, that's also like, I wonder too, like what elements of that were in like the CD booklet, because it's also not like, like we couldn't have Googled that as easily as we can right now on Genius when right. we were listening to this album in the mid nineties either. No. I don't even know that I would have known to like question it. I was just like, this is the most beautiful, perfect, sublime album. And I would have never questioned where the fuck it came from. Wow, they got Bob Marley to write a track with them. <laughs> yeah, they got him in the studio. That's crazy. Threw some ideas around. <laughs> this like 20 year old kid from Long Beach. <laughs> I feel so like was... that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. What was that noise? Sorry. <laughs> um, I was, was just going to ask his. <laughs> Uh, is Bradley was Bradley the lead singer as well as that his voice I'm hearing? Yes. Yep. Okay. He, uh, uh, so yeah, he's the lead singer. It's a three-piece band, and he's the songwriter and the singer. And then he had a you know heroin addiction, and uh, and OD'd maybe two months before this album came out. But yeah. there is a lot of. The, that uh, there's a song coming up later that's like entirely about heroin and on on their second album I think there was a song where he talks about like one day I'm gonna lose the war on oh. drugs so um, so I think that lent itself to a lot of in, in addition I mean you know we're still in a opioid epidemic but even yeah. for me just as a kid it's like I think that made it seem so like magical that it was like pro- there was some a prophecy that he did die of right. a thing he was complaining about on this album. Were they relatively big before his death? They were like regionally big in a way you can't be anymore because mm. they had the song Date Rape was like in, in on an indie album and was played a lot on K-Rock so they were like famous in California and toured up and down the state and would play big slots at festivals, but were not nationally known. I see. It's kind of back to like the lack of internet thing. I also like because now I'm just on Wikipedia for you know Sublime and Bradley Noel. It was just like, I knew nothing about him other than the fact that he died from a heroin overdose. And now I have so much information like at my fingertips. Like I have no, like, I had knew none of this information because I don't think it was like readily available in a way that it is now. I love it. I love Wikipedia and I love genius and I'll listen to an album, uh, just sort of like reading along and any annotations I can click on makes me so happy. Yeah. I know it's all the same route, but this song more than any other we've heard so far sounds like the police to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love the the that weird keyboard noise happened as you said that. Yeah, the, the song was <laughs> reacting to what I said. <laughs> Do you like the police or was that a negative connotation? It wasn't a negative connotation. I don't have a strong feeling towards the police. I basically just know the hits that were on the top forty as a kid. I think they're kind of a similar thing where I I like the police and I think that they were this cool um, in the new wave post-punk kind of thing. I think they were cool, but then they definitely became a punchline for a little while. 
Yeah. Um, being white, white guys playing reggae is is bound to get some blowback. Did you guys ever do the Roxanne drinking game in college? <laughs> no. No. Oh, you just drink every time they say Roxanne. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a nice simple rule. I like that. Yeah. Easy, but it's shocking how many times they say Roxanne in that song when you're drinking. I will tell you that. I assume backing vocals count as a separate drink. Oh, of course they do. Okay. Come on. Have you ever played a drinking game? Obviously. <laughs> Last time I think I played it, my friend fell down the stairs. So I don't think oh I played God. it. He was fine. He just, we then didn't let him drive home, obviously. Is that the end of the game? You have to put on the red dress? Yeah. <laughs> By which you yeah. mean throw him down the stairs? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not a lot to do when you're just drinking upstate. So got to make up weird ass drinking games. This Tim, I is longer than I remember. Yeah, this is, this is a lot. It is I have a Sloppy Boys specific question for you. Shoot. Who would you say is the Bradley Knoll, the Lou Dog, and the Sun logo <laughs> of the Sloppy Boys? Oh, I'm Lou Dog. Uh, actually, no, Hanford is pretty dog-like. <laughs> He's like a cartoon dog. Hanford is is Lou Dog. I'm, I'm Bradley, or maybe because uh, uh, somebody's got to be Bradley, but I'll try to not die. And uh, and Dutton is is the sunshine guy, okay. quiet but iconic. <laughs> good, good reasoning. This, I like it. This song is also a cover of War Around uh, John Shop, so it's a, a reggae song. But he he changed the the lyrics to be about a pawn shop. Hmm. This guy is putting his spin on things. <laughs> and my understanding of pawn shop is. That he, when he would uh, relapse and uh, need money for heroin, he would sell all of his instruments, and then he would have to go back later to the pawn shop and buy back his own stuff. Insane. Yeah. I had no idea. One might also say, maybe this is stretching, but pawn shop is a place where you like buy used things and give him another life maybe Bradley and all of his covers and samples Ooh. he's kind of like a, he's a little bit of an antique collector himself look at that I, I do want to I guess tip my hat where the fact that there are so many different reggae bands that are being covered I kind of just from the story you told would guess like oh he, he put on a Bob Marley record and that was the end of it right yeah, just that one same CD that we all have. Right. Yeah. Okay, we're now getting into the part of the album where I'm like, I don't remember this song. <laughs> yes. We're getting to, I would call this uh, just a Stone Cold Bad song. And even though I love the album and I stand by the album, this is a song where he's listing his favorite his favorite places to surf. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh yeah, Brandy, this song is called Paddle Out. Uh, I think because I was given no segue from the cool jam into this, I immediately hated this song, and now I hate it more. Wait, um, I hate this song. It's bad. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Ramsey, what's that surfing movie that we watched somewhat recently in our movie club? Uh, Point Break. Point Break. 
Point Break was way better than this song. I agree, actually. <laughs> I do agree with you. <laughs> That's it? It's funny, like, with the... Uh, yeah, it was a short one. I feel yeah, like the, the the genre hopping type stuff, it's funny that it's pleasurable to, like, to go from a punk rock sound and then to get into a reggae break breakdown is, like, a very nice feeling. But when you go the opposite way, you're yep. like, oh, boy, what just happened? <laughs> Yeah. It's like petting a cat against the grain. It's just like, I want to bite your hand. <laughs> I'm a cat in this situation. I was yeah. really confused what that analogy was. Okay, I remember this song, but I don't remember liking it. <laughs> you don't remember, uh, remember liking the ballad of Johnny Bud? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> what? The yeah, ballad of Johnny Bud. Yeah. With two T's? Yeah. With two T's. (laughs) But here's the thing. I was going to say mere moments ago, I would have said this is a this is a bad song and it should have been a skip track. But now I'm seeing it is also a cover, but it's so much about it's so much about heroin. Johnny Bud is a guy who keeps shooting up and there's no point in resisting and he's just going to keep on shooting up forever so it's like even if this is a bad song it takes on a little bit of significance with the death who is who wrote the original it is mm, it just disappeared I can't find it Johnny Butt Johnny Butt himself must have written it. Yeah, his own ballad. <laughs> it is funny though, like now that you're saying that, like it, the lyrics of the song, now knowing what songs they did, right? Like the idea of them writing lyrics that are like "We've got to overcome" actually does feel wrong. Like it doesn't feel like a lyric yeah. they would have actually written. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what are they? Notes. Oh, this this is bad music as well. <laughs> I pitched this album to you. I came on here talking about how much I love it, and I am realizing it is half te- half terrible. This is what um, happens to me every episode. Don't worry. Yep, yep. this <laughs> is good. part of the experience. Yeah, good, good, it's, good, it's good. like it's us trying to convince Ramsey to like it, but also us genuinely realizing it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, sometimes this it's convincing yourself to like it. I think that here's one silver lining. This is a terrible song called Burritos, and it's just about not wanting to do anything. He's like, I don't want to take the doggy for a walk. I don't want to party. I, I don't want to spank the monkey. Yeah. So he's, he's singing a song about not wanting to do anything. But with one T. Here's, yes, with one T. It just reminded me of a song that's way worse that I think this song is better than, which is my most hated song of all time. Have you heard Bruno Mars' Lazy Song? Yes, I have. I have not. (laughs) Well, it's That song sucks. (laughs) It's like a whistly, ukulele-ish, like just Mm -hmm. the worst song. 
and it's also about not wanting to go out and do anything today. And in comparison, I'm like, you know, Brad Noel, I believe, doesn't want to do anything. He's depressed and he's an addict and he doesn't want to leave his house. Bruno Mars is a, is a you know, that's a type A singing and dancing <laughs> entertainer. He wants, yeah. he, he, I don't believe that he doesn't want to do anything. He's Bruno Mars. Do you? Hey. Do you see on Genius that there is Bradley Knoll's son doing a cover of this song in 2012? Oh boy, I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, I haven't clicked on it because it's a YouTube video and it'll start playing in this podcast, but there is a video. He kind of looks like him from this video. Thumbnail. So this, the son is a musician? Oh, that kind of makes me sad. I want, I like, because if he were successful, we would have heard of him. And I don't, I don't think I even knew he had a son. I knew he had a baby like right before he died. Yeah. Oh, wow. So sad. I think he got married. They had the baby and then they got married. And I think the wedding was only two weeks or something before he died. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's very depressing like that. Is is eating a burrito a thing he does want to do? (laughs) That's a good point. Let's see. (laughs) He listed off. No, he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> he so, doesn't want to eat a burrito or read about OJ. Oh man! Oh, so this song funny. could have been called OJ. Yeah, yeah. But like burrito, you know you're really sad if you don't even want to eat a burrito. Yeah. Why did burritos get top billing in this song? Though it's the most boring thing mentioned. <laughs> well, burritos are so good. Yeah, like it has to be. Good. You have to be really depressed to not want to eat that. Actually, and he doesn't want to take his dog for a walk. I mean, Lou Dog is his pride and joy. Yeah, it's his. It's his boy. <laughs> it's really sad. The bridge, <laughs> though, I'm just realizing the lyric is "Keep on skanking, Ronnie." In oh, case boy. you were worried that this wasn't ska enough, Ramsey. Even that guitar solo sounded like it didn't want to be here. Yeah, this breakdown, <laughs> this like fade out here, is depressed too. Yeah. I hated that. That was awful. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough go. And I don't remember the next song, so I'm worried this one's going to be real bad, too. Oh. This is not going to redeem us, I don't think. I don't know. <laughs> ZZ Top just kicked in the doors. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah, this one's not good, either. This sounds like it's called Under My Voodoo, and the way that he's playing that riff and singing at the same time is more, it's like a funk, like a white guy funk move to be trying to be a parliament. So this is very like Chili Peppers. Which at least tracks for the time. Yeah. What do you guys, what do you think of the Chili Peppers? Because that's a band that I liked and then didn't like, and then now I can pick and choose what I like, but I definitely think that Anthony Kiedis is a bozo and I have a lot of, and I and not Bradley Noel I'm, I think is a lovable bozo Anthony Kiedis I have to look past him in order to enjoy the music I don't I mean I honestly don't think I know that much about Anthony Kiedis himself to like have a strong opinion on him but I mm-hmm. I mean for the age I am like Californication was a, like the most perfect album for whatever whenever the fuck it yeah. came out I was obsessed with that album yeah. for and um, what's the one uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic? Is yeah. that the one yep. with Under the Bridge? Yep. 
Yeah, I definitely like, I mean, whatever the radio singles were, I loved those. I agree though, I feel like I definitely was like, went through the phase where I was like, this band is a joke. But I feel like if I went back and listened to Californication now, I'd be like, yeah, this album is actually good. <laughs> I think yeah, they so. were one. I, I knew the, the hits, and but I think my picture of them was mostly uh, given to me by the, their appearance on The Simpsons. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> good. Are they in the in the Homer Palooza episode? No, they're in the uh, uh, Krusty's comeback special. Oh, oh, okay. I kind of like I can picture the Simpsons version of them, but I don't think I saw that. Yeah, the, the main thing I learned from that is that they sometimes play in their underwear. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, I feel like it was a lot of the time. <laughs> they they're a weird one because. You know, like Sublime is of an era, and then they had to stop, so they're tied to that era. But the Red Hot Chili Peppers were never not popular. So if, if you, if I had like my own arc with them and thinking they were lame, like I think that maybe Stadium Arcadium might even have been wh- where they won the most Grammys, and that's like in the two thousands. So Insane. they almost have that Adam Sandler thing going on where. Everybody loved Adam Sandler and then made fun of him. And then mm. he's past few years, he's great again. But in that meantime, when we thought Adam Sandler was bad, he was still making a hundred million dollars every time right. he put out a movie. And, <laughs> yeah. and America loved him. The critics didn't, but he never, he never felt it. We're, co- we're coastal elites though. So we don't know. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is I this mean, the I, same song. Yeah. It's <laughs> I That's the know, worst song ever. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I wouldn't know what Red Hot Chili Peppers have done since probably the year 2001. I don't think I could tell you. I think all, I would sum it up for you by saying that they have just constantly had a one guitar player who leaves the band and comes back. And every time... <laughs> There's great fanfare when he re- returns, and then when he oh. when he leaves, they try to make a big Don deal of like how. Yes. Damn! Why do I know this information? You're a music genius. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, they parts did... of my brain that could be used for something useful. No, no, you got to know John Prashanti. That's the that's the most important thing to know. <laughs> yeah, but that, he's got that thing where it's like when he leaves the band, they try so hard to be like. Well, now we got this other guy who's got his own thing going on. But then every time the new guy gets replaced <laughs> by Don Prashanti again, they're like, "We're back and better than ever, baby." <laughs> God, I, yeah, I do at least remember one iteration of that. I feel like he was in the in the Simpsons lineup. <laughs> Probably true. Yep. Um, I have literally no recollection of this song whatsoever. What's this one called? Get ready. I don't like the song. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, can't blame you. <laughs> this is a song that is about. It, I think he's like 28 when he made this album, and it's a little embarrassing that this is a song about. You know, my neighbors call the police when we play too loud when our <laughs> music is too loud. But I say, let's load up the bong and play anyway. Oh boy. And I think if you're 13, you're allowed to write those lyrics, but I think at 28, <laughs> maybe not. I think the next song has a chance of you recognizing it. And I don't maybe know. the next song the next song is one that a lot of people, whether sincerely or ironically, 
a lot of people do like now. I feel like this is a song that I've heard friends play recently. The next one? The next one. Yeah. I, we got to log through this garbage first. <laughs> the, the next one is one that I'm like, I'm pretty sure I still know all the words. Though I don't think this has ironically or unironically come back into my life recently. So I'm curious to hear about that. I, 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 it must be... Well, there was like a little bit of a sublime renaissance. I want to say like a year ago, Post Malone played some sublime uh -oh. covers. And I don't know whether he, he was, was on that Fallon. Honestly, that makes so much sense to me. Yeah, for sure. Like, right. <laughs> and then uh, Lana Del Rey covered uh, Do In Time, the last song on this album. Oh. So there was like a little splash. Maybe this was last summer. There was a kind of... In general, we're, for five years, we've been like, hey, the 90s are back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then we're just sort of taking turns. You know, the 90s has like so much different stuff in it. So we're kind of taking turns choosing which part of the 90s are back. Right. And I feel like I heard this song. Some, you know, pop up on the Spotify playlist or something. The next I mean, song, by the way. Not, I just don't song. think it's happened to me yet. I'm, I'm very... I, I would be excited if that if the next song came up, but we're still stuck on this shit song. <laughs> this feels yeah. like the reggae starter kit riff. Yeah. Like the first thing you learn. Yep. It's, I mean, it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> reggae for the guitarist is so boring because you're like the fast ska songs, you're just going like, jump, jump, jump. And yep. then the slow reggae songs, you just slow that down. You're like, jump, jump. But, <laughs> yeah. But I will, in their defense, I'll say this: this bass player is amazing, and even on the slow songs, he's he's bipping and bopping all over the place. Yeah, he uh, definitely has the hardest job. He's working hard. Everyone else is chilled out, and he's sweating it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I feel like that. I guess that's true of most reggae. Like uh, yeah. the bass player is definitely working the hardest, right? Gotta yeah, be. I think that's probably true. Ugh. Oh, it's it's one of those gourd thingies that you like rake oh. against. Yeah, I like that you're tracking all the percussive elements. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I don't really focusing on. Here. I don't. That's not usually my my role here, but for some reason it's standing out when Sublime does it. <laughs> They're just doing it so well. <laughs> wow, this song. These this lyrics are though, funny. Yeah, this is definitely, though, another one that I feel like stuck out because high school. Like, yep. scandalous. Yes. Yep. What's this called? Caress Me Down. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Did I hear him name check himself? No, Ron Jeremy. Oh, no. Oh, oh. you did. Miyama Bradley, yes. <laughs> The current version of Sublime right now that has a different lead singer, out of respect, they don't play the song because it's written first person and says Bradley, mm. so they skip this song. It's nice of them, at least. I mean, yeah, this song is... <laughs> Wait, so you're hearing people cover this song? I, I gotta remember where... I just feel like... Let's say it was 
us uh, last summer when when around the post Malone type time. I think if if someone were to get back into 90s music in an ironic sense, I think that the sublime song you would choose is this one because the lyrics are so obscene. He, I mm. talked over it, but he, he said he said she, like she came over to my house, she pulled out my mushroom tip and it oh, went sick. drip drip drip. I didn't oh, know no. she had the GI Joe kung fu grip. So it's like the most vulgar possible <laughs> possible song. So I think even if you were going to hate on Sublime and make fun of them, this is these are probably the lyrics you would quote. Because they're so, crazy. They're definitely crazy. And written in a way that you could say those things on the radio, I suppose. I guess. There's no I mean, profanity. It's... Yeah. I don't You're think it's allowed to say mushroom but... on the radio. <laughs> but it's also like... I, I truly can't tell if this is nostalgia for me or not. It's like such a fun song. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't uh, tell if this is bad or not. I just like it so much. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm liking it on this listen and I can't me tell too. if that's nostalgia or what, but maybe it's because it's the most, the beat at least is unapologetically, unapologetically like, a reggae house dub mm-hmm. type of a beat and it's not it's not putting its white guy yeah. stamp on it as much other than the fact that the guy who's who's rapping is white yeah as far I, as i can tell this sounds like a consensual relationship which is new for this album sure. as well. that's a good point <laughs> that's, that's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's, it's fun <laughs> I don't think I needed that. <laughs> I don't know why you don't think you needed that, but alright. You know, his weird thing is he just he referred to the, to uh, Mexi, I guess is the name of the lady in the song, and he says a, he refers to her as a pretty little daughter, but it is the person who's giving him a hand job. So I think that I've never heard, you know, like people. We'll call the guy daddy, and that can be sexual, but I've sure. never heard anyone use the, use, do the other side of it. I've never heard the, the, the daddy say daughter. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good gross point. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. <laughs> like, at all. No. Is this now, a, a reprise? It sure is. <laughs> And Do you it's love so it? similar. Is this? I was just gonna say, is it different at all, or is it just the track again? No, it's it's different. It's more acousticy. Ah, it's it's like, but it's weird because it's not the reprise thing of hitting new territory. It's like the same song again, but instead of the programmed hip hop drums, it's a live drummer. And yeah, it's 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 less loopy and it's more acousticy. But it's still just the same verses and choruses. There's oh, not wait, it's new... just as long? I think it's so. three minutes. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, this is, this is the version that sounds like when someone you who isn't in the band is playing it at a party. Hmm. Yes. I was thinking it was like the Sgt. Pepper reprise where it's like, remember this? Okay, here's the next song. You mean like a normal reprise? Yeah. No, it's not that. <laughs> But that Sergeant Pepper one is is rocking harder and, is, yeah. and it's cooler. Nope, is, this is just doing whatever that noise is. 
Is this the like sub version, the second ver favorite version? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I actually kind of like this version more now that you just said that. Was this one a hit or what? The other one is the one that was on the radio, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I like, as a fan of the album, I think I kind of, I don't know. That might be too bold of a statement, but I do like this yeah. version. <laughs> you're, not will you're not ready to go on the record, but you're <laughs> no. flirting with the idea. No, yeah, not ready for that yet. That's too big of a commitment for me. <laughs> Heather does love gang vocals. I do. That is a fact about me. That's fine. And and those claps? I like that. Mm -hmm. Just sounds like they're having a fun time. <laughs> I saw, last summer saw um, George Clinton and uh, like mm -hmm. P-Funk All-Stars, uh, some type of lineup of funk all-stars at the Greek Theater in LA and it was so much fun and it's all gang vocals and clapping and just the whole time it like tricks you into thinking that you're a part of it because they're getting you to sing the, the entire concert mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. And it's I mean, very fun. I really love it in like pop punk because I think it's like not super used there. But so it's, you yeah. know, it's like this angsty ass song and then it's like gang vocals of like, but it's going to be all right type of thing. You're like, oh, what? <laughs> like, okay. Guess we're doing that. All right. Tim, to be clear, you don't miss the Greek theater though, right? Only the bell house. <laughs> I'm I'm on record. I want to say I do miss the Greek theater. Official. Uh, this is the last song, Ramsey. Okay. It's called "Doing Time." Does Lana Del Rey do this part? Yes, I think. Honestly, this one sounds like it could be covered by Lana Del Rey pretty well. I read something weird about this song where that hook. Summertime in Living's Easy. Yeah. That is, uh, you know, sampled from uh, George Gershwin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but they want, they. this was one of these songs where it had to be, they couldn't hear the, the, well, they weren't using the sample. They were singing it themselves, but they wanted, the song is called Doing Time, and they wanted to sing Doing Time and the Living's Easy. But the Gershwin people wouldn't let them change the lyrics. They said, "You ha if you're going to use our melody, you have to say summertime. Um, and then, the so the weird part is, all of this happened after Bradley was dead. So the oh. record label got some other guy, maybe the, the producer or a friend of the band or something, sings the word summertime just that one word because Bradley had been saying do in time wow I literally am like slack shot right now this is shocking news to me <laughs> I could hear I heard your mouth fall open <laughs> can you hear it if you listen for it like no I'm trying to I don't know I mean I just learned this news so I've never tried to hear it before <laughs> I always thought it was his voice it's Same. remarkably similar Fuck you, George Gershwin. <laughs> Who's never even seen Porgy and Fest? <laughs> Come on. Though I, I'm fascinated by those rules, though. It's like parody law. You can use something if you're commenting on it, or in a lot of comedy stuff I've done. Yeah, you can play a lot of any music if you if you talk over it. Like we're allowed to do this because you're ta we're talking over this album. 
but what a weird thing to be possessive of the yeah. I've never heard of something where it's like you have to keep it the same That's that might strange. be a holdover from like when a Broadway production goes to like all the high schools and stuff you you're, you can't change a thing oh yeah my high school did a really weird thing where we paid the, for a very cheap version of Beauty and the Beast and then we just did the Disney songs <laughs> the cheap, the old timey fairy tale version of Beauty and the Beast, and then we just sang "Be Our Guest" in the middle of it. That's really funny. I run into a lot because I work in branded content, where brands will be like, "Oh, you can use these copyrighted things because it's like editorial, because it's going on a website," and we're like, "That's no, that's no, that's not the law. <laughs> that's not how that works." Yeah. We're like, no, if this is still an ad, you're confused. Right, yeah, everything is, when it's an ad, it's like, trumps all, because you're like, you gotta pay big, big money yeah. when it's an ad. But we'll get, like, brands who think that because it's branded content and not, like, a commercial, there are different rules, and you're like, no, it's it's the same rules. Guys, this sounds <laughs> like it could be in the end credits for Austin Powers. <laughs> sounds great. And you're saying that in a good way? That's a compliment? Yep. That was a compliment. <laughs> That's the, that's the highest compliment I can pay a piece of music. <laughs> this album did have the first song really felt very much like a chill, cold open, and the last song is like a post-credits. Yeah, it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, it's so good, Ramsey. What are your thoughts on this fifty-eight minute, seventeen-song <laughs> Sublime album? This was zero percent what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> Uh, you loved it. I so <laughs> if if you weren't telling me what the songs were about, I think I would have probably just like let them kind of wash over me and be like, sure. I can get into the groove of them, and they're like, they're definitely for the most part pleasant to hear. The lyrics are something. <laughs> That's, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but like, I guess if I were to say the vibe of this album for the most part i did enjoy okay this there. is the first time El- uh, ramsey has given a separate rating to the vibe of an album this is true. so i'm interested in that <laughs> uh yeah I, like it's one of those things where like if i was sitting down with my printed out genius annotations to follow uh-huh. along with my jeweler's loop in, in my eye yep <laughs> uh i like a, I'm, a rich person yeah, like a normal santa Maria yeah. guy yeah. uh <laughs> I would not enjoy this, but just like if it was on in the background at a party. Yeah. That's, I might even yell out shot again. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can ask I, for. That's pretty good. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I think based on both the origin story for Tim and myself, that's how we came to this album. Right. So this makes perfect sense to us. I know. I didn't start deciphering the lyrics until later and yeah. and it, so it does make sense that I also like this when I when I heard it at a pool party and then when my friends <laughs> sang it to me and always background music or music in my car. I have a lot yeah. of memories of high school, like on the bus going to a baseball game and, and or the baseball team would play this on the bus. So it is a good background vibe in music. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even... Like, even if I had been deciphering the lyrics, I was, like, 14. Like, I didn't... 
know what to do with that information at that point. Like, right. it's very, that's something I have definitely learned during this podcast is that like, even if I knew every single word and like thought I had a feeling about it, there's a big difference between <laughs> deciphering lyrics when you're 14 and in your mid thirties. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice though, that some of the lyrics are so distinctly we- weird or gross or shocking. That <laughs> yeah. It still is notable that, yeah, when I was like 13, if I heard any lyric that was kind of sexual or dark and, and about death or anything, it, it's like cheating. Like I immediately was fascinated by it because I was mm-hmm. a kid and I'm hearing things for the yeah. first time and they have this like an aura around it. So I am pleased to see that, you know, mushroom tip, uh, uh, Kung Fu grip and stuff like that is still as a 37 year old man, it still kind of did grab my attention yeah. in a way that it doesn't feel like yesterday's news. It feels filthy. I mean, it is, it definitely that is. It's impressive to remain filthy decades later. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we're in the era of WAP right now. And I feel like yeah. that song's really going to remain scandalous for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah we'll see if it has the staying power of caress me down we'll find <laughs> out I think, I think they're similar i i i'm a fan of that song and i was just listening it to it the other day and like cardi is funny and i think that that's oh, yeah. what i really like so so that the way that a, a rhyme comes together is there's like a cleverness to it that she knows what she's doing when and she's shocking us and yes. when ben, ben shapiro responds <laughs> and says this song is bad like she, that's not all there is to it. If you actually listen yeah. to the verses, you get some laughs and, and yeah. it's yeah. funny. I also heard it the other day on the radio in an Uber, and that is the funniest version I've ever heard in my life. It's <laughs> the edited yeah. version of that song is fucking insane, and it's so good. <laughs> well, they, I truly, they, I truly love they, it. They say the word, they use the word gushy a lot more yeah. in that version, and that gushy is the filthiest <laughs> word in the world. It's definitely yeah. worse, yeah. And the background is we've got some woes in this house, which oh. is really good to me. Like got some woes. Feeling woe. <laughs> yeah. Unless I'm mishearing it, I'm pretty sure it's we got some woes in this house, wow. which is incredible. I like that. Oh my god. Well, Ramsey, does this um, overall mm-hmm. improve your opinion on <laughs> Sublime or not so much? It actually improved my opinion of Sublime. Uh, hey. I I just put it. I thought they were like Incubus, and they are definitely not like Incubus. Not the same band. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I want to understand the, and I'm not gonna you get can't. this. But I want to understand like the connection of Sublime and Incubus in your head. I think it was just the, the same. Yep. <laughs> it was the I dedicated mean, scratching. The scratching. They're both from California. All right, fine. I'll take it. <laughs> but Incubus has um I was not an Incubus fan and and as a hater, I feel like Incubus's lyrics are stone cold serious all the way through. You're not going to hear about any uh, GI Joe. There's no mushroom tips on on uh, their album. They might literally sing about mushrooms like the drugs, but mm, not right. mushroom tips. No, they're very you're completely correct deadly serious lyrics about having a lot of feelings basically i think that was a song on their first album mushrooms like the drugs in parentheses yeah, literally <laughs> and also probably having a lot of feelings was the name of the album yeah yep. also yeah. that guy i'm always like sort of um 
Brandon I this Boyd. Way with, with, with comedy, I feel this too. We're like, I'm a little bit biased against uh, attractive people. And I don't mm. really like uh, <laughs> looking at uh, people who are really good looking. And, and the Incubus guy is this skinny hot oh, guy who's so crouching hot. down a lot. And there's always yeah. a fan blowing his shirt back. And <laughs> Bradley Noel, not that he's ugly, but when he when he's clean and when he's not doing drugs, he would get fat like between mm. albums and stuff. And I love seeing a barefoot chubby guy on stage singing <laughs> his heart out. It just makes me a lot happier. Yeah. Yeah. Dear. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's, you know, hot guys succeed easily in the world. It's, I think yeah. this is a fair <laughs> assessment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we did it. I think that's it. Tim, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for letting me uh, relive uh, the the golden years. Anytime. Same, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cool. Where can people find you online if they want to, Tim? You can find me everywhere, uh, you know, on on Twitter and stuff with just my name, uh, Tim Kalpakis. But check out... um, the my band the sloppy boys are on spotify and apple music and all the streamers so go listen to those albums we got three albums it's a party rock trilogy that came out in the last three years so uh you can listen to them all the way through just like we did with this classic (laughs) (laughs) perfect how about you ramsey uh you can find me on twitter at ramsey ess and you can find everything i do there heather how about you uh, you can find me at Heather Shea, S-H-A-E. That's it. <laughs> Give us a review on iTunes. You can go to our website, if you're listening.com. Everything's there. All the things. Uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Bye.